0: In Jurassic Park 3 Minute, we'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel, one minute at a time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And today we're here to discuss Minute 58 of Jurassic Park 3, but before we get to that, David, there's been some unfortunate news in the fandom over this last, uh, a bit, bit over a week ago, but I think the general fandom starting to learn about this past week.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, friend, a dear friend of both you and I, Astrid Vega, who ran the, um, YouTube... Jurassic Park Toy Reviews, the JP Collection, mm-hmm. uh, and she had the Jurassic Room. I think it was considered, I think it was in the Guinness World Records as the largest Jurassic Park uh, collection, uh, at least known, at least publicly anyway.
0: Yeah, I know I know the collection had been counted. I wasn't, I hadn't caught up with what the actual outcome of that was, but that's a um, that's a feat in itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: She was an extremely passionate fan. She had her own Jurassic Park-themed restaurant, prehistoric land in Guadalajara, Mexico, and she was just an amazing friend, an incredible fan, and it's a loss deeply felt across the fandom.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, a lot of the conversations that like when she was getting that restaurant started and trying to make it, bring it into fruition, and just how passionate she was for that for that restaurant. and Mm-hmm. Um, her collection in general
1: she was somebody you could really I mean she wasn't opinionated but if you asked her opinion on something she gave her very honest very truthful opinion and it was always she always was a valuable friend and frankly I mean I don't know what to say I'm not very good at eulogies and yeah, stuff Sony. but I mean she was a friend a good friend to both of us and it's very sad to see her gone hmm.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a big loss, big loss to the franchise and one that will be felt for a while. hmm I have a theory that there are two kinds of boys. There are those that want to be astronomers and those that want to be astronauts.
1: The astronomer, the paleontologist, gets to, gets to study these amazing things from a place of complete safety. But then you never get to go into space. Exactly. It's the difference between
0: imagining and seeing be able to touch them and that's that's all wanted. Moving over to Jurassic-pedia.com for a moment David uh this week we're looking at a new article posted up by Egypticus 3 <laughs> I could finally say it uh on the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom cutscenes. um mm-hmm. there's been a lot of stuff uh, we've seen a lot of different shots in the trailers and uh and rumors of different um, cut scenes that were in the film, and now we've got a full, comprehensive list here of uh, those known cut scenes, and some photos from those scenes mm. as well.
1: And there's a lot cut from Jurassic Park: Fallen Kingdom, and I think it was almost like half an hour uh, was cut from the island portion alone, mm. which is frankly kind of disappointing because that was part. Of, I think the strongest part of the movie was the. Uh, like that fog and mist shrouded Isla Nublar really kind of for the first time I felt the island actually evoked what its namesake Cloud Island because it was just all these clouds that kind of uh raked itself raked themselves across the island that we saw and reminded me of uh Ian Malcolm's quote from the book where he first saw it, sees it and he's like, Jesus, it looks like Alcatraz. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a couple here that we see um one from the very opening the f- opening uh, scene where that was in the trailers um where uh we see the Mosasaurus eye and uh Dr. Malcolm comes back and says here we are talking about dinosaurs again and then we <laughs> there was a <laughs> there's another scene with uh Maisie and uh Eli Mills where they're discussing the Sanctuary Island and that way I think we mostly got Im- images from the um the kind of behind the scenes thing that we had going on. That that behind the scenes feature that was released before the movie.
0: I'd have to um I'll have to get onto the script, the shooting script, see if I can find that somewhere and see if there's any what the dialogue between Mills and Maisie is when they Discussing Sanctuary, if he's just sort of saying, yeah, we're going to save animals, or if there's actually dialogue about the island in that mm-hmm. in that scene, because that'd be an interesting one to find out. Yeah,
1: there's... In that scene, is the one where we saw her playing with the little T-Rex figurine that was part of the uh, Lockwood's Jurassic Park diorama. Mm,
0: yep, yep. And one that I definitely then, would course... have loved to see more of is um, Blue's Nest with... Um, some of the uh dead creatures dead animals that were sort of mm-hmm. production made yeah. and had on location for the sets for the scene
1: mm-hmm. like the um one of one of them was a giant uh a very large crocodile uh skull, possibly a dinosuchus mm. which is an extinct species of crocodile and then another one that is a bit more infamous the uh stegozilla that we we (laughs) see outside of blue's nest
0: that thing is a monster
1: oh yeah we got pictures up here and it just shows this beast is like 60 feet long like 30 40 feet tall it's literally stegozilla
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah if if you've been hiding under a rock for a while you you probably don't Mm -hmm. know what much about what the uh the issues with Stegazilla are, but head over to Jurassic Pedia and check out the photos and you'll see, or even just Google Google Stegosaur Blue's Nest or anything like that, just production building this massive, I wouldn't say puppet, but a massive prop of a dead Stegosaur um, and it mm-hmm. being, at least I'd say at least twice the size of what any other Stegosaur we've seen in the franchise, if not bigger. Yeah,
1: and one of my favourite... Um kind of cut scenes that were filmed was there was a, uh, inflatable Indominus Rex head that they used that may, uh, I'm sorry, not Maisie. Um, that Iris was going to have to defend herself with where we see Iris gets killed by the Indominus Rex. And that, that entire scene was cut from the movie. I'm not even sure if they fin- if ILM finished it or not, because they got a still with Iris defending herself with a broom, against the uh inflatable head
0: yeah i deep down i hope that's because at last minute they've decided that they want to bring iris back for the third movie and sort of continue that mazy storyline and mm-hmm. not not have it killed off because it is one of the, those mysteries of the film what what happened to her yes she was fired and presumably left the mansion but we have this photo of her confronting the indominus and that indoraptor and presumably it mm-hmm. killing her and I, I, it's not something you need to see in the film you don't you can see her start to fend it off and just cut to a scream or something, but even just the visual, this poor old woman that's been fired. And when all she was trying to do is look after Maisie and keep Lockwood secret. And, um, <laughs> she come for, mm-hmm. comes to the, uh, jaws of the Indoraptor when that should be more for the, uh, the villains in the military to get picked off by that thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And lastly here, just one of my favorite that was cut here was a extended scene with, um, Mills showing Eversole the uh the auctioneer. He's showing him off the Indoraptor, and we see the Indoraptor's claw just come out of the shadows and just kind of like flipping a human skull. And this is one actually had storyboards for it as well. There's going to be a whole scene where it's kind of almost. I think it was described as a uh uh what was that the last a last poryork uh. Elastie, uh, Elastie, uh, Elastie, uh Elastie. What was that? Oh, Hamlet. Hmm. Where we see the uh, uh, the Indoraptor kind of holding the skull like Hamlet, <laughs> and it's almost like contemplating its own existence.
0: Well, that's, somewhat that's... like Hamlet
1: in that scene.
0: Was that? Yeah, it adds a lot to that um, the whole sequence with the Indoraptor in the basement too, because it shows on security tapes when um, they have a technician that's grabbed by the animal, which was most likely why that red line's painted on the ground, and then the uh, the lighting in that sort of ancove or in that area where it is that they find that the indoraptor deliberately smashed the light so it was in the dark um, and as you said he sort of mills brings the auctioneer mm-hmm. in to show him and that's when he's playing with that skull of that technician which is a funny little bit that just means they haven't been able to get in there close enough to it or trank it to uh retrieve the body
1: oh yeah well I remember when uh ken wheatley he tries to trank it, and it pretty much has no effect, but it would also kind of imply that maybe they've tried tranking the Indoraptor before, and it understood what it was in, it was meant to do when it encountered a tranquilizer dart. Mm. Sorry, I got a little time for it
0: to Well, and that would have made that Wheatley scene a lot better if, if we'd known previously... As it says here, like it was, it was believed that the uh, technician had tranquilised the the animal before going into the cage to fix the light, and and he, then when Wheatley gets tranquilizes again, we know it, it can um, can get past that. Instead of having mm-hmm. the Looney Tunes <laughs> look over the shoulder <laughs> as Wheatley's trying to get the get the teeth, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't uh, I haven't looked too hard on the Blu-ray or the DVD. It oh, wouldn't be on the DVD. The Blu-ray uh, bonus features. Are there any any of these cutscenes on the on the Blu-ray?
1: No, no. There there's not and it's interesting because we never got any uh cutscenes for Jurassic Park or Jurassic Park three or uh well we did for The Lost World and Jurassic World, but those are really seem to be the outliers in the uh franchise because most of the movies seem to not include cutscenes. in fact, I'm kind of hoping personally that someday long uh, uh, long along the road that we actually get extended editions of all the movies with all the cutscenes restored and placed back into the movie the way they do it with um, the TV cut of The Lost World. What's the island of you explore? I stayed pretty close to the compound. Figured if anyone came looking for me, that's where they'd start.
0: All right lastly, before we get into today's minute we've got a bit of feedback here and over the last couple of weeks um, there's been some discussion, some good discussion on the uh, Facebook page about the uh, the fence that we' come to with the uh, aviary, uh, the aviary Canyon and um, Jeremy sort of posted on there just it's why he loves the film and being on sauna um, being able to sort of imagine and
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: speculate about what what actually was happening on the island before Clarissa hit oh yeah that's why we love sauna
1: <laughs> i i definitely agree with uh jeremy here here because i remember when jurassic park three came out as being a kid i was eight years old and just the thought of hidden stuff on sauna that we didn't get to see before stuff that they kind of maybe kept as black sites and didn't keep kind of on the it was more off the books so to speak and just opened up a world of possibilities to my eight-year-old imagination and being in the jungle and being in Illinois with a more deciduous forest, it kind of just, it brought, and with the lost world already, it kind of brought dinosaurs home to me. To me and my friends, we would play Jurassic Park all the time out in the local forest reserves. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh,
0: and also, um, I noticed, noticed a couple weeks ago now that there's, um, there's a new service I got emailed about the, uh, the podcast and it sort of, It shows me feedback left in other other places where the uh, the podcast is being released um, because I can only see iTunes Australia here and not not US or anywhere else. And Mm -hmm. there's been a fair bit of feedback left on um, some of those services as well. And um, oh great, been trying to uh, big thanks to everyone for your um, constructive criticisms and your uh, praise for the podcast. I know there was one there that um, was talking about the uh, (laughs) the 40 minute toil. Um, movie discussion before we actually get into the minute itself, and <laughs> I know editing. I know, like, oh wow, that was thirty-five minutes of us talking about the colossal T-Rex, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then six minutes of the uh, the minute itself. So I hope I hope you're noticing a bit of a difference. We've we've started drastic minutes, which will uh, be that monthly stuff. We talk about news and that. If we do get some new acquisitions or new things in, mm-hmm. we'll talk briefly about that at the start of the minutes, as we'll uh, hear next minute. But um we are going to try and keep the bulk of the episodes to the uh, the Minutes themselves, and we can um, do Mysteries or do Jurassic Minutes for the uh, other stuff to cover that. And looking at the uh, the download rates, there's a lot of people that are interested in that, the Jurassic Minutes and the uh, us talking about news and other things as well, so we'll definitely be keeping that going as we head into Jurassic World 3. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm very thankful that nobody picked on my poor uh, little microphone that I had. <laughs> I, I, I'm i sure people who have been listening to the podcast for a while recognized a very great increase in the quality of my microphone in the last couple weeks' minutes, and that's because I recently bought a new microphone that is not something from 2003 that I bought out of a pawn shop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's... I've always been told if you have audio issues like that, just own it and keep going. Don't don't bring light to it. If if people are listening, they're listening because they're interested in the content, and they'll um for the most part put up with issues like that. And I've, I'm able to remove some of it during editing, but yeah, some of that some of that buzz and volume, automatic volume change was <laughs> was hard to get around. All right, uh, ready to get into today's minute. Yeah. As we ended minute fifty-seven of Jurassic Park three, the group had come down into the canyon begin to walk down the catwalks on the canyon wall. As we open on minute 58, we cut down low as Grant starts to make his way down a staircase. And before he even gets to the third step, the stairs break away and fall free down to the canyon in the mist. Luckily for Grant, he's caught by Paul, who helps him back to his feet. As we hear the broken-off section of staircase bounce and scrape down the canyon wall several times, before a loud splash signals it's reached the bottom at the 13 second mark Paul whistles and says you okay and Grant nods his head yeah at the 22 second mark Grant turns around and makes his way back towards the bridge that had passed earlier giving Billy a death stare on the way past the 25 second mark as he makes his way under the bridge it groans and shudders suddenly and he stops and holds his hand up let's do this one at a time shall we At the 42 second mark, Grant disappears in the mist as he passes the midway point of the bridge but still making noises as he walks across. As it cuts to the other side, he takes his hands off the railing and starts to look around as a flock of birds flutter in the mist, unseen. And as the minute ends, Grant reaches the other side and starts to check out his surroundings. This ends minute 58 of Jurassic Park 3. As we open on this minute, uh, Grant begins to walk down those stairs, heading to the next landing below, and we get a cut of his feet stepping down, unfortunately, once you see the fracture in the stair, for this little goof to, or, um sequence to happen, you can never unsee it, but um, it's sort of lucky, too, that the stairs descend so sharply, because as he's stepping down, he sort of bums pretty much still above the, the um, steps above, and as the uh, stairs break away, he sort of just sits down, <laughs> falls down onto his butt as Paul grabs him and is able to help him back up to his feet on the landing.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think this is one of the small, uh, more subtler moments of Paul Kirby that I think really brings to light um, William H. Macy as an actor where he just looks over the... He just so casually looks over the edge of the canyon and whistles and goes, you okay? And that's just something that I could see a normal person doing you know it's Mm. not overacted it's not underacted it's not stiff it's not dramatic it's just a small you okay you know
0: yep and it's sort of uh because we've been we've had the last couple of minutes here in this abandoned area the fog the 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 sound of the wind blowing through the canyon and the, the score it's sort of the suspense of it and we don't really get a feeling of how, just how rickety this is until this stairway breaks away. And mm-hmm. and then just the immediate counter as um, Grant... As or as we sort of look down and watch the stairs drop away and into the fog and you sort of hear that banging as it's hitting the rocks on the way down and before it uh, finally splashes <laughs> in the water a good few seconds later.
1: Uh, the also awesome thing is interesting how... They are going down this, and if you look at it, the entire stairway is kind of shredded, and and as it gets to the as it goes down to the next level down there, and you kind of just see that it's missing the top of it, and like you mentioned that crack, which may or may not be intentional, but just because I mean, yeah, it's evidently probably what they used in on the set to make it fall, but at the same time. That's probably what it would look like when it would um, when it would have just corroded like that. It would just crack, you know, Mm. crack off and rust away.
0: Yeah, and it is interesting too, as we see that sort of staircase fall away. We do see that next landing down, which is a lot larger and without the uh, cage above it. And it had me wonder maybe if the uh, the catwalks that we see here with the cages over it aren't necessarily built. For our protection of the humans in the aviary. Maybe they're there as a safety thing for the humans for the crumbly canyon walls. Maybe they're in sections where the canyon's a bit more unstable. mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: Because uh, it is volcanic, volcanic rock.
1: It is true, and volcanic rock is very crumbly in a way. It's um, sharp and jagged and breaks away very easily.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it'd make a little bit more sense why this landing here is um uncovered and why there's no coverings over the bridge that we see mm-hmm. in the next couple of minutes, but that was just something I thought about anyway. It's just something opposed to uh it being to keep the people safe from the Trinodons But yeah, after uh, after Paul whistles and asks Grant if he's okay, Alan sort of nods and says yeah and turns back to walk towards the uh, the bridge that we seen last minute that he sort of disregarded before and and he sort of, as he does here, he gives Billy a real death stare.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, he does. Yeah, he definitely does. And it's interesting. I mean, he just looks at him and he just glares at
0: him. We get, like, we get because... a close
1: up of uh, of Billy's on his face, and look. He just looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he if he was if he had a tail, it would be between his legs.
0: Yeah. I is it because Billy wasn't there to help him, or is it is it because well, it's not Billy's fault they're down in this situation.
1: No, but I think he's just pissed at him in general, and <laughs> he's just... He's not... Him being there is not... Like, I mean, I know with my dad especially, if he's angry, you just... Even, in, even I'm that way sometimes. If I'm in a mood, I'll just isolate myself because anybody who gets in my way is going to feel my wrath.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> um But uh, Grant continues to walk out onto the bridge and it sort of shudders as he walks and you can hear that that lovely sound effect of the metal fatiguing. And Mm -hmm. uh, he sort of stops everyone and says, let's do this one at a time, shall we? And that's when he uh, sort of continues out onto the bridge and his hands just hovering above the handrails as he walks, sort of being ready in case case the bridge gives way like the stairs just did before, especially when you can hear again those sound effects of the bridge groaning under his weight.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And then he sort of disappears into the fog and you can... Here you can see sort of two cables going up into the sky and it's really the only time we see him is from this side of the bridge and I just wonder if they go up to the roof of the aviary or where they go because all the other cabling we see go back to the walls either side of the canyon.
1: Oh, well, yeah, because we see the other two... uh the other two cables here that are look like they probably anchor back into the canyon or onto the... um and to the metal uh, catwalks themselves,
0: mm. yeah, and we've got um we've got some great behind the scenes photos of this set area during production. We'll post them up on the uh, Facebook group cause, um having this bridge obviously being a um a real bridge and walking out, there's probably only a couple of metre drop off underneath it, mm-hmm. for, yeah, it um... was,
1: and of course they had like the airbags and all that underneath it, just in case Henry fell. They're yeah. always uber careful with on productions like these, you know?
0: Yeah, yep. Um, and we say cables. Yes, it's supposed to be cables in a film, but most of us rope <laughs> <and> painted grey <laughs> like we've seen up on the fence earlier. <laughs> yeah. But um, we follow Grant as he continues across the bridge and gets further across, and um, his sort of confidence in the bridge must be getting uh, better of it staying together because eventually he takes his hands away from the railing. But... Um, He's suddenly alarmed by a flutter of birds that we can hear and the sounds of some, some of that rock crumbling, which, again, <laughs> goes back to my theory from before. Um, do we reckon these are birds, actual birds fluttering, or do you reckon the trinodons nearby I, that they're actually disturbing?
1: I don't remember the the fluttering sound. I'd, I'd, I'd have to go back and listen to that. But I think the way we hear it in the movies, the rush of the wings going underneath the Pteranodon... The rush of the air going underneath the Trinidad wings is more of a kind of like a woof sound. It's mm. got more of a bass to it. it. It's not like fluttering little feathers. It's you know.
0: Yeah. Well, it definitely sounds small. It doesn't sound like a large animal or group of animals. So it might it might just be there's some birds on the on the um, top of the cage here somewhere that we can't see and he startles them. Which would make you wonder why any other living thing is in there with these, with the trinodons. But as the uh, minute ends, Grant makes it across the bridge, and we can sort of see more of the catwalks damaged as well, and sort of leading, leading away from the bridge, either end of the where it sort of joins the wall. But we'll we'll get to see Alan explore more of that next minute. Uh, anything else on that you want to discuss before we get into script and novel comparisons? Oh no, I
1: think we covered that pretty well.
0: Alright, in the script it's Amanda that asks Grant if he's okay after the stairs break, not Paul, and sort of Grant looks towards the bridge and says, how about we try this way, and Amanda asks, do you think it goes all the way across and Grant replies, there's only one way to find out <laughs> and that's when they sort of <laughs> start the cross, but um, Amanda goes to follow Grant, but the catwalk groans and lists slightly, and America, uh, America Amanda's freezes mid-stride and then Grant says, we better do this one at a time and Grant walks across the bridge and disappears into the fog, the others listen Uh, to the creaking catwalk until it stops abruptly and then there's silence and that's when Paul sort of yells out Dr. Grant but there's only more silence so a little bit more involved with Grant moving across the catwalk and having the uh, it move too when Amanda goes to walk on there
1: and that would have been nice to actually have seen in the movie I think just because it would have made it would have kind of made the journey more tense in the movie in the way that it shows in the final movie the um, whole thing is just kind of Oh, let me just walk across this bridge. I mean, there's the little <laughs> shudder and the groaning, which does kind of add a little bit of it. But if you don't know if he actually made it, it mm. made it. It would make it much more kind of tense, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially after we just seen a section of catwalk fall away because of its age and that, and here we are, <laughs> yeah, exactly. on another. The only the only issue if that would be then later on we get it in the film too where everyone runs out onto the bridge after Eric starts to scream and get carried away, which if it was rocking and swaying with just Grant and Amanda on there then you had another two or three bodies on there. It'd be actually funny to see it fall after they all ran off just because, no, that's it, it's it's gone. But, but in the novel we uh, get Grant say, let's try this way and he sort of adds that um, there's probably another stairway on the other side which gives more of a reason why why they're heading across the bridge to find another set of stairs to make their way down to the lagoon or down to the river. Mm -hmm. But um, that's 58. Dave, anything else you want to discuss before we get heavy for the day?
1: I just want to mention that the um, reasoning for Grant, I think, would probably be that he was looking for the quickest way down to the bottom of the canyon as possible, and that's why he just went right ahead for those stairs in the first place. And when that became a non-viable option, obviously the next thing to go to would have been the bridge across. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because they've already moved down, down a level from where they were at the observation mm-hmm. platform or land um, landing higher up before, and if they could make across the bridge and maybe see if the, uh, the catwalks continue down. Um, I suppose with the tenseness of the scene, too, of going over the bridge, with those stairs falling we know how high up they are which adds that tenseness as well we we heard those stairs fall for a long time before they splashed in the water
1: mm-hmm. well later at the end of the um whole scene here we when they're in the boat and the fog is clearing we see that they were pretty high up because the um observation platform underneath the Observatory at the edge of the cliff is at the very, very top of that whole dome, and the cliff is itself is pretty, pretty large. Hmm.
0: Yep. Yep. But we'll get there in a couple of minutes' time. Mm-hmm. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminutes.com. The main website is drasticminutes.wordpress.com and you can find the Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the. Uh, pages there david where are you on twitter and instagram
1: uh twitter you are at jurassic minute uh, instagram is the jurassic minutes podcast
0: some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best
1: intentions this is how you make dinosaurs no. this is how you play god if we split up i'm going with you guys Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now, what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically
0: engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less.
1: Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on Earth or Heaven to get that island.
0: deskie. Hello?
1: Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! Take the phone to mommy. It's the dinosaur there!